Good evening, everyone, and welcome to KCOU Sports Saturday here on KCOU 88.1 FM, sponsored by B&B Bagel. Sponsored by B&B Bagel. First, we're going to start talking about the NBA this afternoon, and then we will move into soccer, briefly discuss the Kentucky Derby and our picks, along with the UFC and boxing events going I mean, on We later. should do the Kentucky Derby first, actually, because, okay, you know, the Kentucky Derby starts here in about 15 minutes. Okay. Ethan, give me your pick. First. Uh, Nick and I, to preface us, are completely uneducated on horse racing and anything to do with horse racing or anything along any of those lines. And for that reason, I'm taking game winner to win the Kentucky Derby today because, you know, the name seems fitting. I forgot who I originally was going to pick before air, so, but I do remember a name, and that name is Tax. And that is who will take home the Kentucky Derby. Put as much money as you possibly can on tax. Uh, no, don't. <laughs> he is going to get the job done. All right. But, yeah, no, there's our Kentucky Derby picks, our completely uneducated Kentucky Derby picks. We will update you as that continues and as that race starts here at 5.50 Central Time. Are we going to live commentate the, the Kentucky Derby? Sure. We can put it on the TV here. <laughs> and but, but to move forward into uh, the NBA... Before the four-overtime madness that was Portland and Denver, two powerhouse East squads matched up in the Bucks and the Boston Celtics, and Milwaukee stole a game from Boston in TD Garden to take the series 2-1 to one going back to TD Garden. Big, 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 big. They took back home court advantage. Wait, what do you mean they took back home court? Well, Boston stole it when they took game one. So Milwaukee took it back when they won in Boston. Well, I mean, they're going to, I mean, they just need to take one. That's what both teams have done. We'll see if Boston rebounds. Struggled to guard Giannis the whole game. As you do, everyone kind of struggles to guard Giannis in their own way. The main the main focus or the X factor for the Bucks that it seems to me is that in the first half they struggled to put up the amount of points because at the end of the day, if the Bucks can get over about 110, 115, they can beat the Celtics. But they can't do that if Chris Middleton is in single digits going into the second half. But in the second half, he played much better, played much more efficient. And you know Giannis, on most occasions, is going to get the job done. And you saw that last night. They both played well, and they won. Same with what happened in Game 2 and Game 3. Yes, sir. About what That's about what you expect out of... That's what you have to expect out of Giannis. I mean, he's not going to shy away from anyone or any challenge, especially when you put Jason Tatum, the 19-year-old, Jay on him. Jay Smooth. Something like that. <laughs> if that's what you want to refer to him as. Yeah, they're they're not. They're going to struggle. It's going to be a matchup problem. Chris Middleton, he's someone who's gonna you're going to struggle to match up with. You really just need Kyrie to take advantage of having Eric Bledsoe on him as opposed to, you know, when he was on when he was with Cleveland having, you know, a guy like Steph Curry on you where that matched up. I mean, and a big contribution from George Hill last night as well. Yeah, George Hill played exceptionally well for the Bucks. He had 21 points last night. Incredible performance from him as well off the bench. And they then if you look at Pat Connaughton had 14, Mirtich had 13, and then as you said, Giannis and Middleton had good games as well. Yeah, Pat Connaughton shooting off the bench is going to be crucial for the Bucks, not only in this series, but if they do advance to the Eastern Conference Finals, it's going to be huge if you play either the Sixers or the Toronto Raptors. All yes, right. sir. All right. Good work, <laughs> Okay. And I just, I, just something I wanted to say, because we were talking about this last night, but I think especially if the, it looks like the Sixers are going to move on, especially now that Pascal Sycam is doubtful for the next game, which would give the Sixers a 3-1 lead. I'd say, I'd say that the Raptors are in trouble if Pascal can't play. Do you agree with that? What did you say his last name was, Eth? Is it Siakam? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Pascal Pascal Siakam, obviously most improved player in the NBA this year. It's not really close between him and deloading, in my opinion, who we will get to later in the show and what happened at the airport earlier in the week. They they do need Siakam to beat the Sixers. And the he's, Sixers he's are a doubtful great team. now. 
with a leg injury. I don't remember exactly what it was, but he's doubtful for game four. I don't see them having much of a chance if you don't have your second or third best player. So if the Sixers move on, I think they actually have more of a chance than people are giving them against, especially the Celtics. I mean, I don't believe that they can beat the Celtics or the Bucks. personally. I don't think that they score... They score enough. They don't shoot the three ball well enough. They they don't have enough depth. They they're a lot of their guys are injury prone as Philly has been notorious for being the last decade or so with all their picks. They don't they just don't score efficiently enough for me, especially to beat the Bucks. I think yeah, I think the Bucks is gonna provide the hardest matchup issues for them, especially with Giannis and covering him. But uh I think they would have a chance against the Celtics. But the Celtics will have Marcus Smart back as well at that point. And the Bucks will have Brogdon back, so you're not beating either of those teams. We'll see. I No, we won't see because the Raptors might still beat them. <laughs> I doubt that. I doubt Kawhi can do it basically by himself is what it's going to come down to now. And even, and even if he can, if they could still make it a series, they're not. I don't see. I still don't see them beating the Bucks or the Celtics. They just don't score enough. They're not Joel Embiid. He's inconsistent in the playoffs. Ben Simmons can't score in the playoffs because he can't shoot a shot from ten feet or beyond. And then JJ Redick hasn't had as good of a year as he's probably expected to. Jimmy Butler, he's the only guy I really look. He's the only guy I really look toward and say, "Wow, he can." I know he's going to come and sh- come come in and show up every single night. Ben Simmons questionable. Tobias Tobias hasn't had enough experience for me. And when I look at that Boston Celtics squad, they beat them in five games without Gordon Hayward or Kyrie. I mean, then again, that Celtics squad didn't have Jimmy Butler or Tobias Harris or Boban. I don't care. Those guys are getting going to get better and better. And when the younger when the younger core of the Sixers played the younger core of the Celtics in a playoff series last year, they lost. In five games, I'd say granted, the, the core of the Celtics definitely, or the core of the Sixers, wasn't complete until now. Yeah, neither was the Celtics when they pushed LeBron to seven games, and they beat them in five games. I mean, they didn't have a complete team; they were missing their two best players. And now you bring back those two best players, and now you're getting back Marcus Smart too. And well, with the gonna- Sixers, you're starting four All Stars. If you want to call them all-stars in I the do playoffs. want to call them. I mean, I want to call them all-stars. I mean, yes, they were really only two all-stars, but that's because of the way the trades worked. Tobias and Jimmy were going to make the all-star team, possibly. Tobias isn't an all-star in the playoffs, and neither is Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is not an all-star in the playoffs. He plays like trash. For lack of a better word, he plays bad. He doesn't score the ball well enough. And he's, as uh, what's-his-name said, Jared Dudley says, he's a great transition player, mediocre uh, half-court setting player. So take that for what it is. He, they're not going to, there's no way they can, they can win. They can beat either the Celtics or the Bucks because they can't score the ball well enough, and they don't have depth. Both those teams have more depth and score better for, on, with both the first and second units. In game three between the Sixers and the Raptors, they had six players in double figures. I don't care. I don't care. The Raptors aren't even that good of a team, first and foremost. Just by saying that nobody can score the basketball for that team, having their entire starting five and a bench player in double figures means they can score the basketball. It's the NBA. Yes, and? They can't score with the Bucks. They can't. They're not. Their team is not set up to shoot the three ball well enough, and they're not even set up to score enough on the inside to beat them. Take Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid's hurt all the time. He'll be, he'll be lucky to get through this series. Joel Embiid had 33 points the other night. I don't care. It doesn't matter. You're not going to be able to guard Giannis. You're that not is be able the to... matchup issue. And then that who is, you put anyone's on... matchup issue? And then who are you putting on Milton? Who are you putting on Eric Bledsoe then? You probably would see Ben Simmons on Middleton with J.J. Redick on Bledsoe. Bledsoe would cook him for 40. And I'm not kidding around. You Whoever you put whoever you put J.J. Redick on, he's going to get cooked. Any of them. Giannis would drop 110 on him. Okay, J.J. Redick's like half the size of Giannis. I don't care. I'm just, I'm just speaking that in terms of— That matchup would never happen, especially—I mean, only on a switch. 
well, well, JJ can't guard any of those guards. And I, I honestly don't think ben, put Ben Simmons on Giannis, see what happens. He's complaining. He's struggling to guard uh, Jared Dudley over in Brooklyn. See, this team's a joke. They're a joke. They got all these egos. They've got all these guys who say, "Oh, it's all me, me, me." They can't. They can't beat them. They can't beat any of those guys. It's not going to happen. We're going to see because they're going to beat the Raptors. I would hope the Raptors are going to beat a good the Raptors. Team. The Raptors aren't a good team. The Raptors had a better record than them in the regular season. Yeah, the Raptors had a better reg- had a better regular season record than the Cavs last year. Does that mean they were a better team than the Cleveland Cavaliers? No. Still means they're not a bad team. Well, with Siakam out, they're a bad team. It's literally just the Kawhi show. And Kawhi's coming off of an injury. This is his recovery year. To try and get more money to go to the Clippers, which we know is going to happen. The Clippers or the Lakers? He's going to the Clippers. We all know it's all it's all in the scripts, you know it. What script are you reading? The script that it's just obvious. It's all obvious. It's a fictional script, of course, to yeah. answer your question. But no, he's going to the Clippers, and they're just not a very they're not a good team. They even struggled in games against the Orlando Magic. That's the magic. They struggled in one game against the Orlando Magic. They struggle every year in the first game of the playoffs. Yeah, and that's we why they're not this. a good playoff team. When has Toronto ever been a good playoff team? Never. When has Kyle Lowry ever showed up in a playoff series? Never. He is the best plus minus in the playoffs so far. I mean, at least he did when the last time I checked. Yeah, I would too if I got to play the Magic. Magic were the worst team in the playoffs this year. They're not better. I don't think they're better than Pistons Detroit. were worse. No, I think the Pistons have more star talent than they do, no, even really with the Blake hurt. Griffin didn't even play half a series. Even if Blake Griffin's out, I still think Drummond's better than Ilya Sova in the supporting cast that's around the Magic. You still have Reggie Jackson and those guys for the for the Pistons. I still think they they're a better team than than uh, Orlando. And can you name another player for Orlando? Other than Ilyasova? Ilyasova plays for the Bucks. What? Oh, I'm thinking of Vucevic. Yeah, DJ Augustine, Markel Fultz. Oh, yeah, those are some real studs. But let's move forward to the four-overtime game. I mean, we're going to have to slow that down here. Let's talk about deloading first. Why do we got to talk about deloading? Because we're going to have a derby starting here in oh, five. Oh, fine, fine, <laughs> fine. I forgot we got to do derby coverage. But you've got, what with deloading... He got cited for. Do you want to hear from Stephen A? Uh, well, let me let me say it first. He got cited for marijuana possession while in an airport. He tried to hide in an Arizona tea can, one of those like little bottles. He tried to hide in there. Got caught with a small amount of marijuana. Just a just a stupid thing to do. I'm gonna let Stephen A take over for what, my opinion on this. Well, first of all, I have to say the obvious, Max. Stay off the weed. Oh. I have to say that. Thank you, Stephen A. Just a silly thing for D'Angelo Russell to be doing. And now that he is, you know. An all-star. Uh, yeah, a quote-unquote all-star. Whether there is you believe. no quote-unquote. Did he make an all-star team this year? East all-stars are trash. Did he make an all-star team this year? Yes, he did. There. The East All-Stars are trash, but he is a All-Star, quote-unquote, and All-Stars shouldn't be trying to do such skeptical things, especially when you are an icon like he is in Brooklyn and wherever he was. Do you know what airport he was in? Do you know where he was? I haven't. I think it was in LaGuardia, New York, yeah. Okay, so he was close to close to where he actually is known in place just a silly thing to be doing he should he should know better than that he needs to make better decisions to you know because brooklyn does have a chance to get some free agents this offseason they have a lot of cap space there's a lot of guys available and they're an up-and-coming team this is the this is the brightest they've looked for a while ever since probably darren williams was there and i mean that wasn't even that bright you could probably make an argument this is this is brighter than those days were so just make better decisions about it. That's all I have to say. I, I would I would absolutely agree with that. I mean it's it's a stupid thing to be caught for. It's not something that he should be doing. That's it's about what I have for it, you know? 
But we are going to take a short break, and when we come back, we are going to, to, to talk about the Kentucky Derby a little bit more. KCOU 88.1 FM and KCOU Sports is brought to you by El Rancho. Located at 1014 East Broadway, El Rancho prides themselves in serving up fresh and authentic Mexican food. To look at their menu and learn more, go to www.columbiamomexicanfood.com. Thank you, El Rancho, for supporting KCOU 88.1 FM, the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Looking for something that smashes sports content and video game content together into one big late-night radio sandwich? Listen to Quarter Circle Backboard, a show in which your boy Chris Mitchell brings you the latest and hottest in sports news that you like and video game news that I like every Friday night at 11 p.m. on KCOU. I talk about everything from football to basketball to Street Fighter to Fallout to you name it. Is it worth staying up past your bedtime? Tune in and find out. Today's episode, Bobcat in the Cave. Oh, nuts! There's a bobcat in this cave! Save us, sassy! <coughs> you will, but first you'd like to stress the importance of cat adoption? <coughs> Over five million cats go into animal shelters every year and they need to be adopted? <coughs> Help us, sassy! <coughs> Why bother? We'll just get into more trouble tomorrow? Sassy is brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. Remember, adopt. Welcome back here inside Studio A in the basement of the Mizzou Student Center here in Columbia, Missouri, where we are about to bring you what bodes to be, you know, some interesting uh, Kentucky Derby coverage as we're watching here in the studio as the horses make their way to the gate in a very sloppy, muddy, wet Churchill Downs in Kentucky. Yeah, is it? Did it rain or something? No, it looks like it. Unless they, where do they where do they do this at? It's in Kentucky. I believe it's in Louisville, Kentucky, just outside of Louisville. You're looking here at... Uh, How close is that to Knoxville? I don't know. Because it rained in Knoxville. It did rain in Knoxville today. That's why we're pushed back a little bit. Uh, but yeah, no, the horses are making their way onto the track. They are all on the track, making their way towards the starting gate. Now you're looking at maximum security being the favorite to win right now as they head into the gate and you know it's a beautiful day for some horse racing is it no it's really it doesn't, not. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't look, look great yeah it doesn't look it looks beautiful. a little sloppy here as they're starting to lock them into the starting gates interesting how they do that with the gates how protected are these gates can someone get a false start no no we one will can find get a false out start we will find out maybe there's a little uh maybe there's a little fraud here we're gonna find out here this is going to be interesting. Are we actually going to try and call this? I'm going to try my best here. I'm trying to get all the conspiracy theories out before they happen. All right. Well, everybody anxiously waiting and watching here as the horses make their way around. They've locked in what looks like about half of them. Yeah, let's start trotting these things out there. It's about to be a delay game. <laughs> Come on now. Pretty sure they don't give delay of game in horse racing, but you know, I don't make the rules. Number twenty trotting along. It might be no. Nope. How many they how many horses they have? A in lot. This? They have a lot of horses in this. I saw some of their odds were pretty bad. I wonder how do they do that? Do you just have to win a certain number of races? Yeah, it's based on it's based on their like you know careers or whatever they've done so far in the past year. All the horses are locked in now at Churchill Downs. They've got them all into the starting gates. There's twenty one and they are off in the one hundred and forty fifth. Kentucky Derby at Church Hill Downs. I don't really know how oh. to broadcast a horse race, but um. the gentleman in peak <laughs> is flying. He is flying. How many? Are we, we almost to the end? No, we're we're no, we're not. Are there laps? No. Yes, there are laps. They only go. They don't go around more than once. There are laps. Um. They have entered the first turn, and I, I really don't know who that horse is. Yeah, in front. I can't. I can't tell. We're gonna for the life of me, I cannot read which looks horse. Looks like that we is. have oh, a three maximum security. Maximum in the front. security in first, trailing them very shortly is Long Range Toddy. All right, so maximum security is on the inside, running right along the fence as they exit the second turn, as they are moving into the straightaway on the far side of the track. 
Maximum Security still in first long range. Toddy right behind him. And then War of Will trailing those two with uh, Bode That's Express. That's who it was. That's who it was. It was War of Will is who I was going to pick. But long range Toddy, if they can find a way to win this here, 54 to 1 Entering odds. the third turn, they move around the inside fence. It's Maximum Security still holding the lead. Long range Toddy still right behind him. Boat Express looking like they're trying to make, and Country House is now trying to get through into the inside. Maximum there. security starting to pull away a little bit. It looks like, but oh, they you moved see to that? the outside. You see? What oh I'm my goodness, he moved to the outside, and did he get passed by that dude wearing War the green? War of Will. War of Will. Oh, they're entering the final straightaway. We cannot see who these horses War of are Will. anymore. It looks like War of Will might have no, the I advantage think that's here. Still, maximum security in the oh, front. Oh, is it? Oh, is oh, they're both wearing uh, pink. I can't tell. That's a, both that's the jockeys start. are wearing pink. Yeah, that's that's rough. That's rough. They're right entering the final straightaway. <laughs> Whoever that is in front is now pulling away. It looks like that is maximum security. And maximum security there has won the Derby. Crossing the finish line. Boom. You gotta hate. Gotta hate the favorites winning. It is maximum security. And the celebrations for the owners and breeders and trainers of maximum security celebrate at Churchill Downs. Congratulations. We look forward to seeing if Maximum Security can continue its quest for the Triple Crown with the Belmont and the Preakness coming up later in the year. Now, let's talk about... That's about about all we have for your horse racing coverage today. Hope you enjoyed, you know, our little broadcast of the Kentucky Derby there. And we're going to jump right back into the NBA. Well, hold on, Ethan. Are you done? No. Now, let's talk talk about about horse rights here. Should they be used in this event? Yes, they should. No, I don't think so. You don't think horse racing should exist? No, I don't. All right. Personally, I do not. And I'm not going to be able to express my opinion. Wow, okay. No, feel free. Go right ahead. Tell me why horse racing shouldn't exist. I mean, they get killed and stuff. And I don't know. I just don't, I don't see it like, it's not, it doesn't feel ethical to me. It doesn't feel ethical to me. But that's just, that's just my opinion. I feel like they just get worked hard and they don't, they don't earn anything from it. You know, they don't. They're not the ones gaining anything. It's the riders that are. But you can make that for a lot of things, I guess. But let's move on into the Portland Trailblazers again that went into quadruple overtime. This game was absolutely incredible to watch. I mean, didn't watch didn't watch too much of the first half. Second half was incredible. Would have liked to see Damian Lillard shoot the ball a little bit more personally, but... He only took about 16 shots in regulation, but... Oh, something you absolutely love to see on the television here. Javier Baez getting a hold of one, sending it deep to right, planting that one into the bleachers and watching it fly. Cubs take a 6-5 lead over the Cardinals at Wrigley. What inning are we in? The bottom of the eighth, so the Cardinals will have one chance to answer here before this game goes final, and the Cubs would take a 2-0 series lead if the Cardinals cannot get it together here in the top of the ninth. But the the Portland Trailblazers game last night, I mean, obviously everyone's stats are going to be incredibly inflated. Nikola Jokic had 33 points, 18 rebounds, and 14 and assists. Tell me how many minutes the man played. 65 Unreal. total minutes. Unreal. Unreal. <laughs> Incredible. Is, it's the most in a playoff game it's the most. It might be even the most ever in a playoff game. It's the most in an NBA game. Our only other player to go over sixty in an NBA game was like Kareem in like yeah. the eighties. So yeah, incredible performance for me. He showed a lot of heart to keep going on. Missed that free throw to tie it, and then made the second one. A tough scene for him, but at the end of the day, he, you can tell he was working as hard as he could. I mean, that was that was an that was a tough. Tough for a guy of his stature, seven foot, as big as he is, to try and run around for a literal hour plus. And you could tell by the end that he was, you know, falling apart a little bit there. But Yeah, he, I mean, I don't blame him. I mean, you can't just throw in the towel and not play him. You have to play your guys that you trust and your best player. That is their best player, and it's really not close, in my opinion. I am curious to know when Isaiah Thomas, if he is going to be able to play in this series at all. I mean, I assume he's not going to be able to, but I mean, they might even have. If to. They, yeah, so even if they have him, are they going to have to use him? 
they might have to use use him in this next game with all the guys who played. Because Will Barton played a lot of minutes. Will Barton played. Gary Harris fouled out, you know, the third overtime or something like that. Will Barton played 39 minutes. He should be fine. But Jamal Murray played 55. Harris played 50 before fouling out in the third overtime or the second overtime. It's hard to remember. Paul Millsap had 49. Even Craig, they he split minutes with Barton. He had thirty six. Barton had thirty nine, like I previously said. But that, that's what a, a ball lot. game! That's Holy a lot of minutes. Cow. Basically, they played almost in another half of basketball last night. Yeah, almost 20, we, 20 full minutes. It ended what one something in the morning our time. Yeah, which means two something in the morning on the East Coast. And uh, who? Who ended that game last night? Uh, the Rodney Hood ended Onions. that game. Yes. Onions. Onions for Rodney Hood. If you didn't hear it, here it is again from Bill Raftree. Onions. There we are. We love to hear it for the brotherhood. Yeah, incredible performance from, from C.J. McCollum as well. 41 points on 16 for 39 shooting. Not his best shooting performance, obviously, but he kept with it. There's 60 total minutes played. And... They won. They won. He also had four assists with eight rebounds. Damian Lillard did not shoot the ball exceptionally well, either two for nine from three, ten for 24. and But he did have 28 points and eight assists as well. And, I mean, when you look down on this, on this Trailblazers team, you had six points from Aminu in 46 minutes. Not what you Al like Rook to see. was not look good last night. He no, missed he, a couple of open threes that could have ended the game much earlier, including was that did he take the one at the end of regulation? I know he took some down the stretch and some of the overtimes. I'm getting them all mixed up it's now because there were you know five potential chances to win the game. At I believe the his was either the first or second <laughs> overtime. I'm not for sure though. Mo Harkless with 15 points on six for 14. He didn't even get to shoot 50 percent. Ennis Cantor shot 50 percent. And he's going to be dealing with a little bit of an injury. He said he separated his shoulder to the point where. You know, he had to stick it into his jersey to keep it up because he couldn't hold up his own arm very well anymore with the separated shoulder. 18 points and 15 rebounds for him. Now, could they be in trouble without Ennis Cantor? Yes, they could be in a lot of trouble. I, I mean, they could still win. If they can win this next game, the series is obviously over. But without Ennis... It's going to be tough. Because Jokic will eat anyone in there. That's pretty. Yeah, Ennis Cantor did a nice job. But Jokic would be able to eat anyone else, and with the with the loss of Nurkic to the broken leg and everything along those lines, oh boy. Yeah, I'd put personally, you'd have to put Zach Collins on him, the kid from Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Yeah, he's an incredible talent. I'd put him on him, put him right in that role because I think I think that he's built for that under Mark Few. I he is a stud there, in my opinion. So I think he could. I believe that he can step in there and be adequate enough for the Blazers to still win this series, and then hopefully Ennis can be back for the the juggernaut of the Rockets or the Warriors, and that is a great segment going in. Uh, we are going yep. to pause 10 seconds for station identification here at the top of the hour. You're listening to KCOU 88.1 FM, Columbia. What's up, y'all? This is Whitmer from Nerdtastic, and you're listening to KCOU Columbia 88.1 FM. All right, we're back <laughs> after that quick break, and we're going to segue in to the Rockets and the Warriors. Is this what you expected so far when we started this series at the beginning of last week? Well, when I made the bet with you, and I and I always say this when it comes to playoff series, I was expecting the Rockets to take either game one or game two. Obviously, neither of those happened. They lost uh, the first game by four points. They lost the second game by five points by nine points that's not too bad in my opinion that's pretty I mean you kept those games pretty close I think that the Rockets fans they need to stick with it I think that they can easily win this series still I truthfully I do because if you if you could take both games at home which easier said than no but if you can take them both I mean we're looking three game series and that just involves beating the Warriors one time at home like you need to uh, yes, the whole defend the city thing that's happening down there. We've seen it on Instagram. We've seen it on Twitter. We've seen all of that. And uh, yeah, it basically they can they're not out of it. 
No, not by not by a long shot. They're, in my they opinion. really are going to have to show up, and I think they need to win both in Houston. Yeah, of course, of course, they can't go down three to one. Um, yeah, in in these games, James Harden and I, one person who I think needs to step up big for uh, Houston is PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker, people forget how exceptional he played in that game five when they went up three to one against the Warriors. That dude was on another level. So was Trevor Reza. Trevor Reza obviously in Washington now. I mean, they, they, they need the role players to step up. I need Gerald Green to play better. I need Clint Capella to play better. But I also need Harden to shoot the ball a little bit more efficiently. And I also need these refs to start calling fouls when Clay Thompson literally gives them no landing zone. That's what I need, Ethan. That is what I need. I need yeah, some help. Yeah, but are help. you going to get what you need? I don't know. Yeah. We're going to find out. It's it's upsetting that, you know, the best team that doesn't that already doesn't need any help is getting all it's the getting help. It's getting help, yes. Is getting it all is the help that they need. And you, especially in game 1. Game 1 was first so half, bad. First half, especially like the second and third quarters of game 1 with some of the plays that Clay Thompson made in closing out on shots were just ridiculous. I mean, Chris Paul literally had to land parallel to the floor or else he was going to have like a injury, an ankle or something like that. An injury that lets him out of, again, the biggest playoff series of his career, which they both, I believe, hold pretty similar meanings. I think that if Houston can win this series, they are probably winning the title. The only we've, team- we've been saying that for you know, week and a half now. The only team I can see them losing to is Milwaukee because Giannis provides a and matchup. A unique matchup problem for any team in the league. Let's put it that way. Any team. <laughs> even even the Lakers you're struggling to match up with. The Warriors, I mean, when if if the Bucks and the Warriors match up in the in the finals, we're looking at a space jam type of game. Where Giannis is playing alongside Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and whoever else you want, and you've got the, the Monstars, the Monstars, <laughs> and Evil Kevin, KD. and all those. Dun dun dun. <laughs> yeah, that's what you have. What are you doing? My apology. I don't know what happened. I was moving. My bad. I was stretching out, but but yeah, there's. This is a huge series for Chris Paul, and I don't want that to be to this to it be taken away from him for an injury, especially one that is not caused by him. Like he, he got last year's taken away by injury. Yeah, I mean, granted that wasn't anyone's fault. Correct, that was. It was just yeah. a freak accident. But I don't want Clay Thompson to cause something to happen playing dirty, and he knows what he's doing. I mean, he knows that that when you turn your head and you just walk right into a guy, that you're that you're impeding his landing zone and you're causing him to either land on your ankle or land on the ground. There's no there's no if and buts about it. That's what happens. <sighs> it's upsetting. It, it frustrates me as a basketball fan watching the Warriors get away with something like that. But I believe Houston will take game three in the series and a pivotal game four will be among us whenever they play again. I don't know when they'll play again. Wednesday. Is tonight a pivotal game three? Of course. They yeah. can't go down 3-0. <laughs> they can't go down 3-0 against us. It's hard enough to beat this team once. You can't. You're not beating them four straight times. You make it interesting win two maybe, but you're not winning. You're not, I don't think you're winning three straight. No, I would agree with that. Not against the Warriors. Unless your name is LeBron James. All right, all right, all right. But where is LeBron James? He's, oh, yeah, his couch. He's on the couch. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So calm down over there. I'll cut your mic. <laughs> <laughs> but nothing nothing more for us in the NBA. We're going to take a short break, and then when we come back, we are going to discuss the Champions League. The 2018 NFL Draft is now officially open. Tune into Undrafted for the best sports talk of the week. Catch Parker Reem. I'm an above-average Packers fan. But the Bills are a very bad team. I, they are utter trash. And Turner Klingenmeyer. Definitely draft stuck up. I'm going with coffee tables. But that Bears defense. Thursday mornings at 8 a.m. Only on KCOU 88.1 FM. Looking to up your style with the changing season? Need a quick costume rental or just want to give some dope old clothes a new life? Check out Mod Vintage downtown for the best trend vintage around. We'll also pay cash for your retro wares if they no longer spark joy. 
just go on down to Mod V at 818 East Broadway because life's too short to be basic. If you love them enough to turn off your music and pretend like their music is your music. Ah, oh, this is mommy's jam. Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're in the right car seat. Let's play it again. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. Metro Boomer, We're back. Yep, we are back. And Ethan, give us the rundown on the Champions League. You know more about this. I will interject what I feel is necessary. All right. So, in the Champions League this week, we had the semifinal rounds to decide who goes, or at least the first legs of the semifinal rounds, to decide who goes to the Champions League final here at the end of May in Madrid. On Tuesday afternoon, it was Ajax and Tottenham at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and we have Ajax somehow, someway, still winning. They take a crucial away goal at Ajax or at Tottenham and win the game one to nothing. Also, I mean, pardon me, I have to do this. I have to interject. I mean, we're never on the air when this happens live, so I have to interject. But uh, I have to give this to you. Come on. Wait, what are you doing? Oh, we love this. The Cubs have taken the game from the Cardinals at Wrigley Field. And you know what that means. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? This is disgusting. You've never heard this before? No. They play this at Wrigley every time the Cubs win. Or, you know, occasionally in the Miller Park parking lot because that's Wrigley North. But yeah, no, the Cubs take game two from the Cardinals, and now they are uh, they're not going to lose this series against St. Louis with the finale being tomorrow on Sunday night baseball. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I had to do that. It's, no, just, it's, just, okay. it's just principle. I have to do that because, you know, we're never on the air when the Cubs are playing at 9 a.m. on Sundays. Uh, but, yeah, no, where was I? I was talking about IX. Yes, and their um, away goal. They get a crucial away goal, basically, through Van de Beek. Who uh, it was close on whether he was offsides. They looked at it, they reviewed it, they decided he wasn't offsides, and uh, that's it. One nothing. There was no sun though for for Tottenham, so that's big. And he will be back for the second leg, which is next week. And Tottenham, as much as they're down right now, they definitely are not out of it. One away goal would be huge. Two away goals would make uh, would make Ajax have to win, you know, two to two or draw two to two and get through. Um, so that could be interesting. And then we have the big one between Liverpool and Barcelona. And if you did not see this game, you should go back and watch the highlight of Messi's 600th career goal, which we have labeled and everybody else has labeled as an absolute golazo as he rockets a free kick into the top left-hand corner. Here's Martin Tyler's call of it from the Camp Nou. Testegen, who made a, a number of good saves in the second period. Messi. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Just when you think he's done everything, he comes up with something even more special. The catch Allison out. And to make it 3-0. Player we've ever seen. Wow, look at that. It was an unbelievable strike and... Martin Tyler describes it exactly. Oh my goodness, we were watching it live and it's it's something you can't describe with words really. I mean, it was it was an exceptional shot. I I watched it with you. And yeah, incredible goal for Messi. I mean, good moment for him. Has he ever won the Champions League? Yes. Oh, boo. Go Ajax, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, everybody won. I'd love for Ajax to win it all, but I mean, this Barcelona team is something else. They're up 3 nothing, taking it back to 
Liverpool and big Liverpool news is that Mohamed Salah was taken out of the game today on a backboard because of a nasty knee to the head taken as the goalie for Newcastle attempted to make a save and Salah came underneath him and caught his knee directly into what looked like his temple. Salah was down for an extended period of time, eventually carried out of the stadium on a backboard. We hear that he is okay right now, but we are unsure of his status for next weekend's Premier League finale and the Champions League uh, second leg at Anfield in the middle of the week. It appeared to me when I watched it live that he got knocked out. It looked like he went out for a second or two. He didn't look okay, and I wouldn't be surprised if he had to sit out. I don't know what the concussion protocol is like over in Europe for soccer matches, but... He came straight out of the game. There was no question about him trying to stay in. And, uh, I mean, my guess right now, if I had to take a professional guess, would be that he will not be ready for the Champions League game, which I believe is Tuesday. Is this Tuesday? It is Tuesday. He shouldn't play then. It's Saturday. I mean, he literally just got stretched off by their standards. Jurgen Klopp has ex- has expressed in his post-game press conference or an interview after the fact or whatever exactly it was that his uh, it is doubtful for him to be playing this week. Okay. Yeah, very, very upsetting scene there. He got completely destroyed by a knee that obviously was blindside and unintentional, but came across, hit him square in the head, and leveled him. So I mean that's that's the nicest way to put it. <laughs> yeah, I mean he got if yeah if you haven't seen it you should probably go and see it. It was pretty pretty gruesome I would say, but moving forward, we do have it's fight night. It is fight night in both the UFC and DAZN boxing. First we'll start talking about the UFC fight night. Your headliner is a is a lightweight matchup between uh, Raging Al Quinta and. Uh, the cowboy, Donald Cerrone. Boy, we got some good nicknames tonight. Yeah. Raging Al versus the cowboy. Ra- Raging Al going, uh, just beating Kevin Lee in their rematch in which he had already won the first matchup. Kevin Lee being a young, up-and-coming talent in that stacked, lightweight division. And if he can win this, if he can win this matchup, you're looking at a guy who, I mean, he's ranked fourth right now in the lightweight rankings who... Maybe won't get a title shot necessarily, but we'll get to fight the former interim champion Tony Ferguson, who has, who is on a nine-fight winning streak, and then that fight will lead into a title shot. I mean, this division's so stacked. And for Donald Cerrone, he had just now he was at 170 for a while, decided to drop back down and wait and not fight as much because now he's you know he has kids and he. He uh he always fought a ton when he was he was always taking fights left and right even if they didn't make financial sense or for the ranking sense and he had more to more to lose than he had to gain especially when they would call him up weeks after he had just fought and been like oh you want to fight in three weeks let's do it and he would lose and then he would drop down in the rankings but now he seems like an inefficient way to go about fighting he's taking he's taking a much smarter approach having back-to-back wins over Mike Perry and Alexander Hernandez in dominating fashion in both finishing them both within the first two rounds great performances by him and both both of these fighters have a lot to gain I believe if it, if I was playing matchmaker I would give Tony Ferguson the winner of one of these fights. At least offer it to him. I know he wants to fight for the title, but I believe he would. He, I believe that both these guys match up very well with with his style, and he'll take that fight. But moving down the card, Derek Brunson is also fighting in the co-main. He is coming off of a uh, of a November third loss of last year to Israel Adesanya, the now interim middleweight champion of. The world. That dude's awesome. He's yeah, he's an incredible fighter. I mean, Derek Brunson, I believe, is one of those fighters who just hasn't put it all together yet. And who knows if he will now that he is thirty five years old. Wait a second. Hold up. Go ahead, Ethan. Maximum security got disqualified. For what? I have no idea. It said on unof- I noticed it said I unofficial. Have no idea. You keep talking. I'll figure out what happened. We'll be back in a second. I'll be back in a second. Okay, okay, okay. Sounds good. So so Derek Brunson, he was just one of those athletic freaks in that division that seemed like they could never beat 
like the top tier guys, Anderson Silva losing to Whitaker as well, who is now the champion. He's fought a lot of great talent. Israel Adesanya, that's three former champions right there. And he also beat Leota Machida in 2017. So he's fought the best guys in the world for years and years and years. And he's an exceptional talent. But moving down this card, there is one guy that I believe needs to be seen all across the country because this kid is going to be a star, in my opinion. Brad Katona, who won Tough 27 after beating the number one guy in the house. He's a 135-er. Incredible talent he is. Undefeated, 8-0. And that's not including all the tough fights that he had to go through, which all those guys who are in that house are killers. Beat all of them. All the fights he had there. And this kid, he's something special. He's uh, fighting out of Montreal, or Winnipeg, Canada, excuse me. And nicknamed Superman because he literally looks just like Superman when he has his block glasses. Incredible talent. But moving forward, we also have we also have an important boxing match between Canelo Alvarez and Daniel Jacobs for that middleweight title. Or I believe it might be to unify the titles. I'm not for sure. But both of them are giving up belts for this fight. And we are looking at an interesting an interesting matchup. Daniel Jacobs, what put him on the map was his fight against Triple G, in which Canelo has fought him twice. And Daniel Jacobs, he gave he gave Triple G a run for his money. Especially Triple G at that point, that was years ago, in which he he was still in like the prime of his career. It looks like he's kind of rescinding and getting into his older stages now that he's about 35 years of age. And but Daniel Jacobs, incredible talent. He should give Canelo a great fight. And speaking more on this fight, at 170 was the weight limit that they were allowed to come in at on Saturday, the maximum weight. They both weighed in on Friday at 160 pounds and below. I believe Canelo was 159. They both weighed, they were allowed to gain 10 pounds from that weight limit they were allowed to weigh in. But Daniel Jacobs weighed in at 173, exceeding that weight limit for Saturday or tonight by three pounds. And for every pound he is, he uh, gained, he gained, or he maximized the limit. So three, he has to pay two hundred and fifty thousand per pound. So he is being fined seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That will now be forfeited to Canelo's already massive paycheck from his own. Wouldn't feel too bad for Mr. Jacobs though. He is getting paid ten million dollars to fight on this zone card. But interesting matchup, Daniel Jacobs obviously being a cancer survivor and supporting that community along with several athletes in the world nowadays, especially with Eric Berry, Anthony Rizzo, guys like them who have put, who have made it, made the cancer survivor movement much more motivational to see guys who are now world champions and best at their positions and winning world series and things of that nature being you know, just like ordinary people fighting through these trouble, these troubles. But I, I believe Canelo will handle Daniel Jacobs. Canelo's on another level, and if it goes to the cards, Canelo will get that favored because he is. This is a DAZN card, and Golden Boy loves him, and he will never lose a decision unless he just gets flat out destroyed. Ethan, have you found anything out? Yes. All right, go ahead, lay it on me. Maximum Security was the first horse to cross the finish line at the Kentucky Derby on Saturday. He was disqualified after an objection from the was risen from the owners of Country House, the horse that finished in second place, I believe. And uh, there was apparently contact at the right turn where Maximum Security appeared to veer out of his lane for a brief moment before the jockey brought him back into his own lane and is now the first horse in the history of the Kentucky Derby to finish first and then be disqualified. And the title was now given to Country House, who I believe had this is the second highest odds, I believe it was like 65 to 1 is the second highest odds to ever win the Kentucky Derby. So drama. Just when you thought horse racing was safe from the officials and the uh, the officiating controversies that plague us in the world of sports today, it's not. Interesting stuff. But yes, exciting cards coming up tonight and obviously the Rockets and the Warriors. It's going to be a great night of sports. 
anything. It's been you, a great day of sports. We started with soccer and no, liver and Liverpool taking a three two nothing over win over. Don't don't you dare tee me up in here. Bang. No. No. Bang. No. But yeah, great no. great day of sports. And we started with plenty, soccer. Plenty of baseball today with the Cubs winning, which makes me happy. And I mean, you got you're looking at the Pirates and the Athletics right now. We move into the night where we have. What uh, did you talk about the Kentucky Derby? Did you say the Kentucky Derby? Yeah, we have the Kentucky Derby, which we have all this, all of this uh, drama, history yeah, drama. Oh my goodness, historical <laughs> drama. I didn't know you could be in disqualified after winning the. Ra- oh well, oh well. The well, more you know, I suppose. <laughs> And then we move for the Kentucky Derby to basketball tonight with the series of the playoffs, or what should be the series of the playoffs. We'll see if it turns out with the Rockets and the Warriors. And then we move even later into the evening with some more of the fight nights between UFC and boxing on DAZN. You are missing one crucial element to the sports night, and that is something that is unique to the sports world. There's nothing like it. Playoff. Hockey. Oh, yeah. I left that out intentionally. Yeah. <laughs> I made sure to bring it in. We're not. It's we're, not part of my sports day. We, uh, it, it is not going to be part of my sports day either. But with that being said, Ethan, do you have anything else you'd like to add? Go ahead. Drop the drop the weekly walkthrough. What are we doing tomorrow? We'll be back tomorrow, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 9 a.m. as usual for us on Sunday mornings. Uh, feel free to tune in. There will be a Mizzou baseball against Tennessee on after the fact. And, uh, yeah, feel free to tune in at 9 a.m. tomorrow to hear Nick and myself go back at it again. We will definitely be recapping the UFC fight night. We'll talk about Canelo and Jacobs and what happened there. And we will also be recapping what happened with the Rockets and the Warriors because whatever happens, we know it'll be interesting. So uh, that's it. Nick, you got anything else? I have nothing else. I hope you all enjoy the rest of your Saturday, and we will be back on Sunday to discuss everything that happens tonight. We hope you all have a blessed day, and we will see you tomorrow morning. Black Beatles in the city Be back immediately To confiscate the money